tell of His wonderful love. Amen. God bless you all. Let's, uh, let's sing let's sing song 278. It was a great thing that He did for me. Let's start with the first verse. Oh, the Lord has brought me through all my sorrows. When I failed Him, He didn't turn me away. He stood right by me through all my
Hallelujah. Let's sing Arise, Possess Your Inheritance. Same key. Entangled with heavy chains of captivity.
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's just go to prayer with that on our lips. Brother Phil Ashton, could I ask you to open up in a word of prayer? There's an unspoken prayer request um, here from our sister, uh, Lori uh, Plotsky. Um, She says she has an urgent request that God knows all about and would like us to, and the church to help her um, for the answer prayer. Amen. Let's just bring this knee before the Lord. If you have a need, let's lift it up before the Lord. Amen. He sees your need and he answers your prayer. Amen. Dear Father, we come before you, Lord, needy. Lord, we come before you, Lord, wanting to hear from you, wanting to touch each and every one that's here. Lord, we're here to hear from you, not necessarily a man, Lord, but please move behind the man of God. We're here to hear from you, Lord, touch our hearts, mend the brokenness, Lord. Lord, you've heard the needs. You know them even before we bring them, Lord. Please move, God, tonight. Lord, we just want to say we love you. We're here, Lord, for you. We're here to come out different, Lord. Be with this service, Lord. Make it special. Open our hearts. Move upon the people we ask. In Jesus Christ's name. seats. We just want to welcome all those on the internet. We ask that the Lord will be there just as much as he's here. Amen. There's a quick announcement for the memorial service of our sister Katie's father, Brother Scott Miller, uh, tomorrow a- uh, afternoon at 1 p.m. at Green Acres Memorial Park in Ferndale. Uh, the, de- the details are on the bulletin board by the office. We'll just uh, want to remember sister Katie and the family at that time. Can we sing Believing, song 1018? It's not hard to believe. It's not hard to believe Standing on the mountaintops of glory When you can hear the songs of angels and the breeze from heaven sends the Spirit soaring. Oh, but in the valley once more, will Jesus still be Lord? That's the question.
comes, I wonder if we can just sing the Revelation song 1130. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Who sing a new song to Him who sits on heaven, mercy sees me. Oh, come and reign. 
Can we sing that verse again, filled with wonder? Awestruck wonder. your name is power there is power in the name of Jesus Christ there is power through the church ages the devil tried to come and remove the name of Jesus with titles Father Son Holy Ghost but in this end time the revelation of that name has been restored there is power in the name of Jesus Christ to break every chain there is power even now before the word is preached before the closing of the service if you can catch a revelation of the life that's in that name as we heard on Sunday when that life matches that name the life that's been released in this day matches the name of Jesus Christ his name is power such a marvelous mystery nobody knew his name in the Old Testament Moses wanted to know his name he said my name is wonderful but when Jesus was born Gabriel came to Mary the angel of the Lord came to a woman, Mary, and said, you will have a child, and his name shall be Jesus. A marvelous mystery now made known that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee, every knee will bow. Hallelujah. It's such a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere this evening. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we'll come into your presence, Lord. We're so thankful, Father, that we can gather together with believers of like precious faith. Lord, there's desires, there's needs in our hearts, Lord. But how thankful are we that we have the answer through the word? Lord, there is a source, oh God, we can go to in times of trouble. Lord, we're thankful that we can approach you tonight. So we come, Father, with all our needs, our petitions, Lord, our burdens to lay it at your feet. We say, Lord, may you speak to us one more time. Once more, oh God, may your spirit move. Lord, I just want to echo the words of Brother Phil's prayer. Please, God, move. Lord, that's our desire tonight, Lord. Move one more time in our midst, Lord. That every word, every, every tongue, every name will bow down at the mention of your name, Lord. That every single spirit that doesn't confess that Christ has come in the flesh will bow down to the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. 
Show yourself strong in our midst one more time, Lord. As we approach your word, Father, your words are inspired. Breathe on them one more time and feed our hungry souls. We commit ourselves into your hands, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you may have existed for a moment. Well, I believe uh, there is an, an announcement. If you would like to put that up for us, please, on the screen. It is my honor and my greatest privilege to be able to announce the birth of Zion Jubilee Florent. Born on March 20th at 1304, 7 pounds, 3 ounces, 20 inches long. Brother Dan Florent and Sister Dorothy Florent in Norway are doing great. So we thank God for this addition to the family, uh, to the assembly. Brother Dan said that we wanted to thank the Lord for this little miracle boy and announced that his name, Zion Jubilee, is a declaration of victory for the church, for our family, and for the bride. And if you, if you remember, Brother Dan and, and Sister Dory, they went through a little trial when she was expecting, and the doctors called Dory with a, with a report that there was something wrong with the baby and they, all sorts of negative things, but God moved. Amen. And here's a little baby to show again that Jesus' name is power. Amen. Amen. So we rejoice with them. We thank the Lord for that. Let's stand and turn to the Word. We will open our Bibles in the book. Uh, we'll start in the book of Jude, in the New Testament, just before Revelation, chapter 1. Verse 3. Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you, of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Amen. Let's turn to 1 Samuel 17. Now the Philistines gathered together the armies to battle and were gathered together at Soko, which belonged to Judah, and pitched between Soko and Azekah in Ephes Damin. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. And there went out of a champion, out of the camp of the Philistines. So out of the camp of the Philistines went out a champion. His name was Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Amen. You may have your seats. Let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we approach the sacred part of the service, Lord, the words of God. Inspired by God, Lord. No man has the right to add his own ideas, his own interpretation, Lord. So we rely simply on the inspiration of the Holy Ghost tonight, Lord. 
Father, as a man, I'm very conscious, Lord, that there is nothing I can offer that will meet the needs of your people. But there's one thing that I can do by your grace is to make a way for the Holy Ghost, that you can express yourself, your love, your thoughts, your heart, your heartbeats to your people tonight. Lord, minister to their needs, Lord. This is the bride of Jesus Christ whom you love. I pray, Father, that you move one more time in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening. Greetings. It's good to be in the house of God tonight. It's been a while since I stood here. Uh, Brother Tom was gracious to, uh, to accommodate with the schedules and everything, and I kept saying next week, the following week, the following week, and it's been two months now. I feel like this is my first time standing here again, and uh, I was almost at the point of running again. <laughs> but um, here we are. We'll try to do our best to say something that will help you, something that will bless you. I don't know if you can really hear me, my voice is a little bit, I'm a little bit under the weather here, but I'll try my best to project, or if you can give me a little bit up here, that will help me a lot. I would like to continue on the thought that we've been studying on the principles of faith. Uh, is it part three now, I believe? Part three. For, for a subject, I'd like to take a thought, the impulse. That's what's been on my heart, the impulse. I was just praying um, on Monday before going to the prayer meeting. I was saying, Lord, I, I really need something from you that will, that will help me know that this is the direction. And then we're just talking before the prayer meeting started. And, you know, Victor, Brother Victor, the back there, he, he started sharing about, uh, he, how did he say? He said, obey the witness. You know, sometimes God will put something on your heart and it's a witness. He said, obey the witness. And the brother started sharing different experiences where God will just drop something and you obey that witness. And I was like, well, that's kind of like, that's good. That's a good channel right there. And I was praying, and uh, Gabe, was, Gabe was standing next to me, and he was praying, and I just got quite a little bit to enter in his prayer. And he said, Lord, may you work on our pulsation. And I said, thank you, Lord. That's what I need. So I, I, thought, I think this is the mind of God for tonight, the impulse. We'll continue on principles of faith, part three. Uh, just a little recap. In part one, we spoke about the six senses, you know, five given to us in our bodies to navigate the world around us. Excuse me, just need to start this stopwatch or we're going to be here all night. In part one, we also spoke about how those senses cannot be mixed up. We talked about how you cannot use one of your five senses to contact the supernatural realm. We spoke about the three realms in which people live in, the humanistic, the revelation, and then the vision, which is that of the Lord. We also spoke about faith is something that you can obtain in an instant. There's no delay. Faith comes by hearing the word. When you hear the word, you receive faith present tense. Now, it might take time for that manifestation to come forth. It might take time for your faith to materialize. And then in part two, we spoke about the invisible, how faith is an invisible substance. And then whatever we desire and believe, we have it through our confession, but over time, through our confession, that faith will materialize. And as an example, we talk about how Abraham looked at the unseen and he saw Isaac. And then eventually, Isaac was now materialized in this realm. We show you an illustration of uh, a person in a wheelchair, and once they receive their faith and they receive their healing, what faith sees is a person completely whole, standing and walking. But what this natural eye sees is still the symptoms. And a person like that will be caught between two realms, and there's a war raging between your faith and your sight. 
we talked about John Ryan and how by his confession, he brought his body to obey the word of a prophet that declared that he was healed. Even though he left the prayer line still with symptoms, right? So just, just to remind you a little bit of what we covered. And today we're going to continue on the same thought here. I would like to read a quote before we get into really the root of our subject. Brother Branham says, in the message, faith is a substance. Now, so many people speak of this subject, faith, and know so little of it. Now, listen, friends. I love you, and I want you to see this. There's so many people speak of faith, but doesn't know one principle of faith. So this is the reason why we're speaking on this. Brother Branham says many people come and they talk about faith, but they don't understand the principle. So the subject of faith itself, which is a revelation, we cannot exhaust this subject. There's just so much to cover. But the principles of faith, it's in the message. If you go into the message, Brother Branham will drop one principle here in another service, one principle, one principle, and by the grace of God, we're just trying to pick up those principles and, and, and share them with you. Uh, there's another principle that we've not had the chance to cover yet, so I'm praying that perhaps we will end our, our series with that next time on part four. Now, we read about David and Goliath in the Valley of Elah. I believe in the Hebrew they say in the Valley of Elah, but I don't know which pronunciation works best. Now, let's turn back in the book of Samuel, what we read, and then we'll, we'll start from verse 4 where we stopped. Say amen when you're there. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits. Now six is the number of men, we know that. Verse 5, and he had, a, he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs, and a target of brass between his shoulders, and the staff of his spear was like a weaved beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing of shield went before him. Now, verse 4 to verse 7 actually just describes what Goliath represented, how big of a challenge it was to overcome Goliath. They're describing his armor, his height, his span. You know, it, it almost looked like the, the writer is trying to show us, in comparison, when we get to David, this is what David is. And this is what he had to face. So sometimes we can look at, when you, again, when we're looking with our natural eyes, we look at our circumstances, we look at our situations, and we see a Goliath. Let's not pay attention to his spear. Let's not pay attention to the bearing of shield. Let's not pay attention to how armed he is. Because the story ends, we know exactly how this story is going to end. No matter how big Goliath is, no matter how powerful he may seem, we already know through the word that it ends in his defeat. So it doesn't matter how big of a challenge your situations are, how big of an obstacle your circumstances are, if you can only turn to the end of the story, you know how it's going to end. Now, the Bible says, verse 8, He stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? I'm not I a Philistine, and ye servants of Saul. Choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me, and to kill me, 
then we will, will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall he be your servants and serve us. I think that if Goliath knew how this story was going to end, he would not have made that boast. And Brother Bonham says that's exactly how the devil is when he thinks he has the upper hand. That's a direct quote. When he thinks he has the upper hand, he makes his boast. Goliath didn't make this boast because he wasn't too sure of the outcome. He was convinced that he was going to destroy Goliath, uh, David or the army of Israel, that there was nobody that could defeat him. So when the devil thinks he's got you cornered, that's when he comes with his boast. When he thinks that he's got you weak, when you're your weakest, that's where he comes with his boast. But little does he know the very boast that comes out of his mouth is his own condemnation. Goliath condemned himself by the words that came out of his mouth. It would have been best for him to keep quiet and not say anything. It would have been best for that dumb devil not to come and bug you every day. But because he came and made a boast, because of that, Brother Abraham says, the Spirit of the Lord accepted that challenge. If there was no challenge made, there would have been any issue. But Goliath made the mistake of challenging the Spirit of God. And listen, what happens when the devil comes to speak to your mind, it's not just to discourage your faith. But it's to come and challenge the Spirit of God. When he tells you your children have been gone for years and years and years, they will never get saved. That's a direct challenge to the Spirit of God. When he tells you you will never get delivered from that Spirit that has oppressed you for years, that's a direct challenge to the Spirit of God because he's saying God is not able to deliver you. That's exactly what he's saying. He's not trying to make you doubt. He's trying to say that you don't have faith. God is not able. That's a direct challenge. And God takes those challenges personal. When a challenge is made against the word of God, God takes it personal. You know why? Because God is the word. So his honor, his integrity, his nature is questioned. When the devil is talking to your mind about your children and trying to make you doubt, God's integrity is put to question. God takes those things personally. So dumb devil, keep on making your challenges. Keep on talking to the bride of Jesus Christ. The spirit of the Lord will accept that challenge. Verse 10, and the Philistines say, I defy the armies of Israel this day. My, give me a man. He wanted a man, God sent him a boy. That we may fight together. Now, when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now, if you can uh, start the slideshow. This is David. Next to him is the average soldier. And the red dotted line is about five feet two. That's about what David's height would have been. Like, like, look at the comparison there between Goliath. No wonder he can make those boasts. Right? It's, if, if I was going to pick a fight, I wouldn't pick a fight with someone who was as big as me. I look at him like, oh, maybe Nathaniel over there. I'm like, Nathaniel, yeah, I can pick a fight with him because I know I can crush him, right? Because I'm looking at, at my natural eyes. That that's what Goliath was seeing. He's looking with his natural eyes, thinking that he can defeat everybody because he's comparing, I'm bigger than all of them. I'm stronger than all of them. I'm taller than all of them. I have a better span than all of them. I can defeat all of them. And that's the natural man who looks at the natural things. By faith, we, saw, we talk about it. Faith looks at the unseen. Nobody can look at Nathaniel and think that in that man lays enough power to defeat Goliath. Now, verse 14 says this. 
actually, let's, let's just continue. Verse 12, you can take it down for now. Verse 12, now, Dave, uh, now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. And he had eight sons. And the man went among them for an old man in the days of Saul. So David, verse 13 says, And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the name of the three sons that went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, Abinadab, and the third Shammah. Verse 14, and David was the youngest. In other words, he was the eighth son, right? Jesse had eight children, and David is the eighth. And then we saw that in verse 4, we saw that Goliath was six feet, six cubits. So yeah, in the battle, yeah, we have number six. That's going to battle number eight. Let me try to see if the clicker works. Can we go back? Now, in this chapter, I'd like to highlight a few entities here that, that are going to set the context of our study tonight. First, we have the Philistines in verse 1. Then we have Saul, verse 2. We have the Israelites. We have Goliath. We have Gath, which is where uh, Goliath is from. We have David. And then we have Bethlehem, which is where David is from. Now, I like, I like how, the scripture, how the scripture word these things here. Is that Goliath came out of the camp of the Philistines. And David came out of Bethlehem. So out of the camp of the Philistines comes Goliath. Out of, uh, out of Bethlehem in the camp of Israelites comes David. And they both meet. Now, I've been in the message greatest battle ever fought, so most of my thoughts will come from that message. But what I'm saying is this. There has to be a place selected. And it's a mutual ground, no man's land. And they fight here at this place. They just don't one fight over here and one down here and one run over here. There's a battlefront where they meet and test their powers where each army tests its strength against the other army, a mutual meeting place, he says, now, don't miss this. When this great battle started on earth, there had to be a mutual meeting place. There had to be a place selected for the battle to begin and for the battle to rage. And that battleground began where? In the human mind. There is where the battle starts. The human mind was chosen for the place of the battle. It says, and that's because decisions are made from the mind, the head. Now, they never started from some organization. They never started from some mechanical affair. The grounds never started there. Therefore, that organization can never do the work of God because the battleground where you've got to meet your enemy is in the mind. Now, we talk about faith is what God gives you to your soul. It's the only sense in your soul. And faith will materialize. Now, when you receive faith, you get into a battle. Now, the devil is going to battle that faith. He's going to try to hinder that faith and prevent it from materializing. Where is it going to meet you? In your mind. That's where the battle is going to rage, in the human mind. So today, we're, we're going to discuss that. The human mind, that's where the battle will take place. We're not talking about faith. You have faith. Now let's talk about that battle. How is the devil going to start to fight that faith? 
Where is it going to attack that faith? How is it going to try to hinder you from possessing in this realm what you have in your soul, in your mind? Now, Brian says this, that this place is a mutual ground. I like that word. Mutual means that it's not that God chose it or Satan chose it. It was that they both agreed. It's this mutual agreement. God said, you're not going to touch the soul. It's mine. I've redeemed that soul. The body is yet to be redeemed. But the spirit, that's going to be where you and I are going to meet. It's like, I'll fight you in the spirit, not the soul. In the spirit, that's where you and I are going to meet. The Satan said, yeah, I agree. So there is a mutual agreement for where the battle will take place in the human mind. Now, the purpose of the battle is to, for two armies, right, to test their strength. That's what Brother says here in the quote, paragraph 67, to test their powers against each other. So in your mind is a selected ground where God meets Satan. Why? To test their power. So in your spirit, in your human mind, every day there is a battle that rages between God and Satan. I think Brother Tom mentioned a few services ago how before the opening of the sales, Brother Brother preached all these war theme messages. The contest, conflict between God and Satan, the greatest battle of all, put on the, ar- the armor of God. Why? Because we're getting into a battle. Because in the spirit, whoever controls the spirit controls everything. Because you will hear the word of God in your spirit and you accept it and it goes into your soul. You're hearing your spirit, you reject it, it becomes doubt. The battle is raging to control the human spirit. So you come to church, God gives you faith. Faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of God. You receive faith. You read the Bible, you get faith. You get into the tapes, you get faith. Faith, faith, faith. Now the devil is going to battle that faith where? In your mind. Some of you have already possessed what you've been praying for. God has already given you your children. They've been restored to you. But the battle rages in your mind. The devil knows that if he can stop you in your mind, that faith won't materialize. If he can stop you in your mind, you won't get your healing. If he can stop you in your mind, you won't get that victory. He's not going to question that faith in your soul. He can't access it. Your soul is sealed. But you'll come in your mind. Through the channels of your mind, your imaginations, your reasoning, your conscience. What is he trying to do to hinder your faith? So to have a battle, you need a mutual ground. Human spirit or the human mind. You need two armies to meet. And you need two powers. When you have all those three things, you have a battle. If you have two powers but no meaning place, there's no battle. If you have a mutual ground but no armies, there's no battle. If you have armies but no power, there's no battle. But if you have two armies that have two powers and there's a place where they can fight, those are the elements for a battle. Now, Brandon says this. Before any battle can be put in array, they first have to choose a meeting ground. Right? or a place where the battle is to be fought, a selected place. Here it is again. It's selected. Your human spirit has been selected as a place for the battle. It says, in the first world war, it was so placed in no man's land and placed where they fought, and they've got to be a place selected. Now, this is what caught my attention here. Like when Israel went to war with the Philistines, there was a hill on each side where they gathered, and that's where Goliath come out and called to the armies of Israel. That's where David met him in the valley. When he passed over the little creek that ran between the two hills, he picked up the rocks. So there is two hills 
between the Philistines and the army of Israel, but in the middle there is a valley. So that valley is a mutual place for the battle. Now we already know that the greatest battle ever fought is where? In your mind. So in this story of David and Goliath, really what we're looking at is David and Goliath fighting in the valley. In where? In the human mind. So we have a mutual ground, which is the Valley of Elah. We have two armies, the Philistine and Israel. We have two powers, David and Goliath. What do we have? A battle. Where is this battle taking place? In the valley. Not on the mountaintop, as you sang. It's not hard to believe when you're in a mountain. That's not where the battle is in the mountain. The battle is when you come in the valley. When you receive a revelation from God in your soul in the mountaintop experience, that's not where the battle is. The battle is in the human spirit in the valley. Like here, here's your illustration here of where the battle would have been. The armies of the Philistines was between Azekah and Soko, as you can see there in red. That's where they camped, and in blue is the encampment of Israel. In the middle, there's David and Goliath battling in the middle, in the mutual ground which is a type of the spirit. Now, we've talked about body, spirit, soul. We know that your soul is redeemed, and we know that your flesh, your body is not yet fully redeemed, but your spirit is a mutual ground where the battle is taking place. So if you can put this in perspective within the, con the context of our story here, this is where the battle is taking place, in the valley, in the valley of Elah. Here is your human spirit where David is about to fight Goliath. And out of Gath comes Goliath. Out of Bethlehem comes David. Now, Brother Brother says this. What was the matter? You have to open the channel first. You've got to get the soldier, the Holy Spirit, placed in the battlefront. So outside of your soul where the word is, which Bethlehem is the house of the bread of God, which is the house of the word, the dwelling place of the word is your soul. Out of Bethlehem, out of your soul, the revelation, the word that God has deposited comes to the front of the battle in your spirit. The word that you have in your soul, that is the word that you use to fight the devil in your spirit. Out of Bethlehem comes David. So the Bible says the Holy Spirit is a word that, that has to come in your soul, come to the, in your spirit, and come to the mind for the battle. Now, Brother in, in, in many messages, and I don't have time to go through this here, but Brother talks about how Goliath is a type of an intellectual giant. Goliath is a type of reasoning. Goliath is a type of intellect. And David is the anointed. David is the anointed word. David has been anointed under a prophet's message. David is God's secret weapon that nobody knew about. So Goliath or your reasoning or your intellect fight against the word in your spirit. Now, the greatest weapon that the devil has since day one is reasoning. How did he get Eve? Reasoning. The greatest power that God has is his word or faith in his word. So these two armies, the armies of Israel and the armies of the Philistine, are fighting in the valley 
David and Goliath, reasoning and faith, or Brother Lam says, wisdom versus faith. Here is your battleground. The greatest battle I ever found, conflict between God and Satan, between wisdom, reasoning, and faith. Now the devil comes to Eve in the Garden of Eden with what? Reasoning. What is it? It's Goliath. It's an intellectual giant that comes through the channel of your spirit to cause you to doubt the word of God. And Brother Bible says that if Eve just cast him out without stopping for a moment, that was the biggest mistake that she stopped for a moment. Now he says, be sure, because you are going to meet that devil. You're going to meet him in the battleground. You might not meet him in church today, but you meet him when you leave these doors. As a matter of fact, you will actually meet him right here in this service. As the word is being preached, Goliath will rise in the valley. And he will make his boast. And he will tell you this service won't do anything for you. He will tell you you're not going to get anything out of the service. He will tell you you've tried and prayed and prayed and prayed. God doesn't care about you. You pray for your children. God will not answer you. What is it? It's Goliath coming in the valley, making his boast one more time. But out of your soul, there's a revelation. There is a faith. There is a David. You need to let that David come out of Bethlehem. Let him come out of the soul and come into the battlefield. Saints, if you're going to obtain anything from God, you're going to fight for it. You're going to have to fight for it. I've given you Canaan, but you're going to fight for it. Inch by inch, you're going to fight for it. I've given you your children, but you're going to fight for it. I've given you your healing, you're going to fight for it. This is not God, give me faith, boom, it's done. No, this is God, give me faith, now go fight. We are in a battle, fight. We have needs, we have loved ones. I was thinking about Brother Henry and Brother Milko and, and Brother EBA. We're going to fight. We're not going to let a single one be young, we're going to fight. There's been children that we pray for, for months and months, some of them years. We're going to fight. We're not going to stop, we're going to fight. God is saying, I've given you faith, but it's not going to be easy. Let that David go to the battleground. That anointed word, like David, you have been anointed under a prophet's message. What was the anointing on David? Bible says, God is in his word. God confirms his word. God keeps his word. Little old David, I remember him keeping God's word. Certainly, he was up there one day, and they had a battle, and the battle was going bad. God had, God had come to him with a prophet and anointed him and told him what he was going to be. David's anointing is a revelation of who he is. Battle is on. What was David's anointing? David's anointing was a prophet telling him what he was going to be. What is your anointing? It's a prophet who has told you what you are. If she can only get a revelation of the two spirits working in the framework of the church, if she can only realize that she can do the greater works, she will be an invisible army. That is your anointing. You've been anointed by a prophet by telling you who you are. Come on, David. You know who you are. Why do you fear Goliath? Why do you feel that reasoning? Why do you feel those circumstances? You've been anointed. Brother says, so David was satisfied. Hallelujah. David was satisfied because he knew he was anointed to be king. Our satisfaction comes from the anointing, knowing who we are. He says that I'm not, I don't call you church. I call you bride. I'm satisfied. 
He said that all things are possible to those who believe. I'm satisfied. He said I'm justified. I've never seen it in the first place. I'm satisfied. He said that I'm the Lord God who heals of all your diseases. I'm satisfied. My satisfaction comes from everything the prophet said concerning me. What did the prophet say concerning you? You are the bride of Jesus Christ. Word bride. An adulterate bride. Nothing shall stand before you. Joshua, be not dismayed. I'm not the one who commanded you. Be of good cheer and courage. That's your satisfaction. David was satisfied. He says, the word of God was on him. What's the anointing? The word of God on you. The word of the prophet is pronounced on you. That's the anointing. There's been a third pool pronounced on you. That's the anointing. There'll come a time where there'll be an invisible army. Here she is. It's been pronounced on you. That's your anointing. The anointing is the word of God. What word? He told him what he was going to be. Or in other words, he told him what God made him. Your anointing is what God has made you. It's a revelation that he was a coming king. That was the anointing, the anointed word. Now, David had a revelation of who God was and that Israel was his army because he says this Philistine is going to defy the armies of the living God. David had a revelation of what God could do with what he had because when he went to face Goliath, he said, with this same slingshot, I defeated a bear, I defeated a lion. He knew what God could do with what he had. Do you know what God can do with what you have, faith? You need a revelation of that. What can God do with this faith that I have? If your faith is as small as a mustard seed, mustard seed faith can move mountain. How about a seventh thunder faith? How about a faith that's been released by the opening of the word in this day to give us grace for rapturing, to give us faith for rapturing grace? David had a revelation of who Goliath was, uncircumcised Philistine. The devil has been exposed in this day. The opening of the word has uncovered, has removed the veil. The devil that people feared throughout the ages, people feared the devil. The prophet came through the opening of the word and removed the veil, and we see him for who he is, powerless. We have a revelation of who the devil is. He can bluff and bluff and bluff, but we know he has no power. Hold death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? We know that. We have a revelation of who the devil is. We don't fear Satan. Why should we fear a powerless, toothless lion? David couldn't fear him because Goliath was an uncircumcised Philistine. In other words, he was not part of the covenant. Why fear somebody who's not part of a covenant? Because without the covenant, there's no backing. Goliath could never be backed by a superpower because he was not part of the covenant. But Israel was. Because Israel is under a covenant, you can say and speak. Because, because of the covenant, there is a power behind that will back everything you say. The devil can make his boast. Why should I fear him? Who's going to back up his words? Who? If he tells you you're not going to be healed, who is going to stand behind this devil and say, I'll back him up? Nobody. If he tells you you'll never have your children, who's going to back up those words? Nobody. 
if he tells you you will never be delivered, is there a power behind him to back him up? No. He's nothing but an uncircumcised Philistine. But you are put out the covenant. Revelation 10.1. And I saw a mighty angel with a rainbow. A covenant. You are a covenant people. Which means when you speak, there is a power to back you up. Which means that when you accept the challenge of the devil, there is a power to back you up. Why? Covenant people. You're not an uncircumcised Philistine. You're a circumcised bride of Jesus Christ. There is a power of heaven to back up your every claim. That's why God told Moses, why Christ speak? Speak. Speak. You're Abraham's seed. You're part of the covenant. Everything you say, I will back it up. Speak. Speak to your mountain. I will back it up. Speak to that situation. Speak back to your children. Call their name out of the grave. You claim them. There's a power to back you up. Hallelujah. Covenant people. We don't feel the words of a circ- uncircumcised Philistine. Now, David had a revelation of who he was himself. So who God is, what God can do with what he had, who Goliath is, who he is himself. Perfect faith is faith in who you are. It's one thing to know who God is. Amen. It's one thing to know who the devil is. Powerless. Amen. It's one thing to know what God is able to do with your faith. Great. But you need to have faith in who you are. There's no other way to gain the victory, the greatest battle ever fought, without knowing who you are. You've got to pull yourself. I don't care how weak you are. Pull yourself by your boots and stand up. And have faith in who God said you are. I'm not looking at my abilities. If I looked at my own abilities, I would not be here tonight and preach. Because I'm nothing. But I'm looking at what God said I am. And if I can cast my soul and my anchor in what he said, then he can back me up. What did God say you are? Stop living under privilege. We sang the song. Don't you hear? Don't you hear that sound? Saying freedom to the captives. Restoration. You are free. You are free. You are free. Arise, possess your inheritance. Because this is, this is the year of jubilee. Arise, do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage. What is the yoke of bondage? Satan's lies, trying to make you doubt who you are. Arise from it, I say. Arise and shine, for your light has come. I'm going to start telling you what the prophets say you are. You are an invisible army. You are God's army, and God's army doesn't retreat. You move forward. You move forward. When the devil says boom, we say boom. When the devil says boom, we say boom. We don't back down. We are not of that stuff that the devil can bluff. We are God's invisible army. Do you know what invisible means? You know the word, right? It means that there's no way you can be overcome. David, by the anointed word of a prophet, was rendered invisible until he sat on the throne. Now, if David was already king... Maybe you'll think twice, right? Maybe, oh, Goliath, I'm, I'm already on the throne, so I don't know. But he had a guarantee yeah. that he was going to ascend to the throne. Yeah. 
Therefore, he could never die until. He could never be overcame until. What did the prophet say concerning you? That's going to be a rapture. And God is not going to miss a single member of his body. That means there's no rapture until your children come in. That means there's no rapture until the body of Christ is complete. There's no rapture since we want to go home, but we're not going anywhere until. If time is running out, what about your children? If time is running out, Brother Murphy, what about the last one? Because we cannot go anywhere until. Why? We are confined by the anointing. The words of a prophet made us invisible. Now, it wasn't the stones that killed David. Brother says the uncertain sound. I'm not going too fast. 35 minutes, I'm going to close soon. David had it. When he danced before the ark of the Lord, he had it. He knew what he was talking about. So that's the reason he wasn't afraid of Goliath. It wasn't the rock that David had in the sling that killed Goliath. It wasn't the sling that he had in his hand. It wasn't the stones that he had in his pocket. He says, it was the hidden power. He says, that blessing of God. When David let loose what he had, glory. When David let loose what he had, God took it and blessed it with the hidden power. When David took what he had and let it loose, God took it and blessed it with a secret hidden power. If you can only let loose the faith that you have, don't unbridle your faith. Let it loose. Let that faith loose. Faith to believe for the impossible. God will take that faith and bless it with a hidden power. Where Goliath sees a stone coming, there's a hidden power he can't see. When the devil just sees your faith, he just sees your prayer, he just sees you come to a prayer meeting, there's a hidden power behind it. But you have to let it loose first. Church, let your faith loose. In terms of crisis, you've got to let your faith loose. What's the alternative? If you don't fight for Canaan, how are you going to possess the land? If you don't fight for your children, how are you going to in a rapture? If you don't fight for your healing, how are you going to get healed? What's the alternative? Seek for five years? Seek for 10 years? Seek for 20? For 40? Are you just going to see and wait and wait and wait and wait? I say arise. Let your faith loose. Let God bless it with a hidden power. Let it loose tonight. Let it loose. No matter what the situation is. Brother Alex, Matthew, how long has it been? Let your faith loose. May God bless it with a hidden power. Time is running out. Time is running out. If not now, then when? How long have you been praying for our children? How long have you been praying for your family? How long have you been praying for your sick body? If not now, then when? It's time to let your faith loose. Deny the reasoning of Goliath. Deny the intellect in your mind. Deny what the devil is telling you in the valley. Let your faith loose. And God will take it. But only after you let it loose. And he blesses it 
with the healing power. Say I'm on war mode tonight. War mode. Because there's a sheep that the devil stole. And as David, I had to go after it. Because Brother Henry has been sick, I have to go after him. Because EBA is in the hospital, I have to go after him. Because your children are lost, I have to go after them. This means war. That's the way Goliath was. He likes to brag. I'll make you a proposition. Let some of your men choose you out one and come over and fight me. If I whip him, then you all serve us. Oh, how Satan can make it so reasonable looking. He says, that's the intellectual. That's Goliath, intellect. And he says, but if there was a man in the whole nation of Israel that seemed to be equipped or that would be equipped physically to fight the giant, it was Saul. Right? If you looked at stature, the man that looked more likely to fight Goliath was Saul. But Rehum says he was one of the biggest cowards in the nation. And that's the way it is today. Because Saul is the type of the educated and the trained or your intellectual faith. All your intellectual faith, like Brahman says, mind over matter. You cannot just think thoughts and positive thoughts and positive thoughts. I believe in positive thinking. But it's not what this is about. It's not about intellectual faith and how, much, how many quotes you know and how many scriptures and scriptures. Saul can never win Goliath. You cannot fight a giant with another giant. You cannot fight intellect, an intellectual giant like Goliath with another intellectual giant like Saul. See, you can't fight reasoning with intellectual faith. You cannot fight reasoning with reason. Now here's the mistake that we make. The devil comes in our mind and speaks to our mind, and then we reason with him. No, you don't. You, Saul cannot overcome Goliath. It takes David, the word. You need to take the word, as Brother Bible says, you need to let that soldier come to the front of the battle. Only David can overcome a Goliath. So every single time the devil raises a Goliath, God needs to find another David. That's the only thing that will do it. Because history repeats itself. So when the devil brings a Goliath, God will raise a David. Now, the battle, the greatest battle I ever thought is in your mind. Thoughts. The devil will fight you in your mind. We know we have imagination, memory. Affection, conscious, reasoning. The devil will come and anoint your spirit to try to hinder your faith. And Brandon says he will use things like your memory. So he will cause you to remember a time where somebody that you know believed in God and it didn't work. And the devil take that, takes that and brings it to your memory. Says, so see, so and so prayed, never worked for them, and now you're battling. Right? You'll say, well, you pray for Sister Laura. And the Lord took her home. Now you're battling. Right? He's like, oh, what about that time when you went to camp and you thought that was going to be it and it didn't work? Now you're battling. What about that time when you trusted the Lord and apparently it didn't work? Now you're battling. And he will take your imagination and you start crossing bridges before you even get there. Okay, what if it doesn't work this time? This will happen and this and this and happen. And perhaps out of four keys, you only have one left that's still serving the Lord. I don't know where those numbers are coming from. But the devil will say, oh, what if this one also leaves? 
What if the only one that I have left that's serving God also backslides? What if my children never actually come? Then you take your reasoning. Well, maybe they're not made for the rapture. Maybe they'll go through a tribulation. Oh, watch out. That's Goliath trying to reason in the valley of Elah. That's Goliath trying to inject thoughts in your mind to cause your faith to be paralyzed. But you don't reason with Goliath. You cast him out. Brother Branham says, God's method, and I'll read the quote later. God's method and God's strategy is to cast him out. So when Lucifer started to, re- to rebel against Michael in heaven, God didn't say, let's sit down and talk about this. Lucifer, you know what? I understand what you're trying to say, but here's a compromise. Okay, I've already made you second in command. You're my right-hand man. No. What did God do? Get out. As soon as the devil comes, God's strategy is kick him out. Don't reason. Kick him out. When the devil arises in your mind, don't stop to reason. Cast him out. You've been commissioned to cast him out. Say, Satan, we're not going to argue. Get it behind me. I don't have time for you. Get away from me. You've been called to cast him out. So only when I would do it. That we make mistakes to fight the devil's thoughts with more thoughts. The devil, don't you understand that he's the master of reasoning? Like he's had 6,000 years of experience from Eve till today. Do you know how many souls is defeated because of reasoning? This is his, his domain, his craft. You cannot fight the devil at a game that he's good at. He understands the devices of man, but you can fight him with the word. Brian says, Now the only thing you have to do to know he is here is to get yourself out of the way. See? As long as you're in the way, then God cannot do nothing for you. When you think your thoughts, then God's thoughts don't have a chance. But if you quit thinking your own thoughts and think his thoughts, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. He said, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. He says, this lady laying here, shaking in this cup, that woman is going to lay like that all of her life unless she can get her faith set right straight on Jesus Christ. And no matter what comes or goes, if it's revealed to her, nothing's going to stop her healing. That's right, but it depends on what you're thinking about. Scripture, wash away the things that are pure, right? Lovely, think on these things. See, he says it depends on what you're thinking about. Now, the valley or your spirit is the womb where the devil will inject thoughts. And God also will inject his thoughts, his word. Now, it depends on what you're thinking. If you think your own thoughts, God's thoughts don't stand a chance. Because the way a womb works is that when it receives a seed, it closes. So how can God's thoughts impregnate that womb when it's already accepted somebody else's thoughts? That's the reason why you don't entertain the devil's thoughts. You cast him out because you should allow God's thoughts to fertilize your womb. So in the spirit of the human mind, thoughts will crystallize. In other words, they'll materialize. Because thoughts are things. 
Before a bottle was invented, it was a thought. Before the microphone was invented, it was a thought. Before a phone was invented, it was a thought. So those thoughts are actually things. So when you think your own thoughts, or when you begin to ponder on the devil's thoughts, God's thoughts don't stand a chance. But you have a decision to make in this battle. Remember, Abraham says that because decisions are made in the mind. That's the reason why the battle takes place there. So you have a decision in that battle. Because you're caught between God's thoughts and the devil's thoughts. Now, remember last time we spoke about the person in the wheelchair, right? And uh, their eyes see them in the wheelchair by faith, see them walking, and then they're caught between those two realms. That's you. You're caught between God's thoughts and the devil's thoughts. Now, you get to choose which one of those thoughts you're accepting in your mind. So, every day, the battle will rage in your mind, but you have to decide what you're going to think on. The devil will bombard your mind every single day. In your mind with thoughts, he will tell you things every day. Oh my, it's been 20 years since you've been praying for your children. They don't even come to a single service. How many prayer lines have you been through and you're still not healed? Perhaps you're just going to get healed when your body gets changed in a rapture. That could be true, but who knows? Who is he to tell you what you should be thinking? Finally, brethren, what's through the things are true? What's through the things are honest? What's through the things are just? What's through the things are pure? What's through the things are lovely? What's through the things are good report? If there be any virtue, now what virtue is there in negative thoughts? What virtue is there when you think, oh my goodness, I don't think this is ever going to work for me. When will God ever answer me? There's no virtue in that because negative thinking brings worry. And worries paralyze faith. Everyone says this. I don't try to say too much about, you know, around people complaining. Because I think one of the most horrible things, he says, horry blessed things. I don't think that's a word. Is to see a man or a woman that constantly complains. I've always thought, God, keep me from it. See, because that weakens faith all the time. Now, complaining seems to be a very human thing to do. Humans love to complain. I complain. Humans love to complain. It's too hot. It's this, this. He says, he says that's one of the most horrible things is a person that's always complaining. Nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. Everybody's mean to me. Nobody cares about me. I'm invisible. I'm this. I'm that. Woe unto me. Nothing works for me. Nobody loves me. I pray. People get the prayers answered. Mine never works. Other families get restored. Mine is still not restored after 10 years. Complaining and complaining and complaining. You will never have faith. Never. If you keep on complaining. Because right there, Goliath has you exactly where he wants you to be. Your faith will never materialize. You will never have anything fruitful come out of your life because of your complaints. So I say, quit your complaining. Rise up like a man and like a woman. Go to battle. Like the lepers, you can sit here and complain. I only have one toe now. Five days ago, I had five. Now, what's next? Tomorrow, my arm also? Right? You can sit there and complain and complain and complain. Or you can say, why well, sit here and die? Right? I've complained about my children, complained about them. God, they're not getting saved. Why? Why? You know what? Enough with the complaints. Let me roll up my sleeve and let me get on my knees and start doing some battle. 
Let me stop pulling on the word every single service. Let me get more in the word. Let me come to those prayer meetings. Let me pull on the word to possess what is mine. It's time to quit complaining and it's time to start fighting. And from your soul, believe and say, I'm healed. Let him this week say, I'm strong. See? Just say in your heart that I'm now strong. And never have any negative testimony anymore. No more negative testimony anymore. All is well. All is well, okay? You know how this is going to end. Goliath gets defeated. David gets on the throne. You know how this is going to end. Your children, they get restored. We're going to rapture. You know how this is going to end. Your body is going to get healed or you get a body change. You know exactly how this is going to happen. So don't be negative anymore. Don't have any negative testimony. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, you do know. A prophet is going to tell you how it's going to be. Behold, I go and prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I would not have told you. That's what Jesus said. So he said, don't worry, you already know. I'm telling you now, so you don't have to worry about it. Where did Jesus go? We saw him go up on the cloud. Where is he going? I thought he loved us. What is going to happen? No, he's already told them things concerning his second coming. He's already told them what he's going to do. I'm going to prepare a place. So when you feel low, and you're like, where is Jesus in my life? He's preparing a place. That's the reason why he told them, so they wouldn't have to worry about it. That's the reason God sent you a prophet and gave you promises so you don't have to worry about it. Worry comes from not knowing. Correct? If I told you that it's going to be sunny tomorrow, are you going to worry about the weather? You only worry because you don't know. But God's omniscience, God's foreknowledge has predestinated to destiny. We heard it. So God in his foreknowledge knows where it's going to end. Therefore, he doesn't worry. But instead of keeping that to himself, he shares it with you. So you also don't have to worry. Don't let your heart think, believe in God and believe in me. Scripture. How are we doing for time? Forgive me. Now, the whole earth. Actually, let's, let's go back. Excuse me. <coughs> That's how much electricity there is in the earth. Now, if only the whole world was full of electricity and you're sitting out in the middle of a big dark field at nighttime and you can't see where you're going and you're hollering, oh, electricity, come make a light for me. I know you can light, but come make a light for me, electricity. He says, I know that you're here, electricity. Science proves that you're here. Come make a light. Now you're just wasting your breath. If you, get, if you will get the electricity in the right flow of its category, it will light up if you put it in its right position. Now, the whole room here is full with the power of God. This room. Full with the power of God. Enough to make this boy sitting here in the wheelchair walk. Enough to make this woman walk. Enough to make this lady in the stretcher walk. Enough to make all these people here walk, make the blind see. But the first thing you have to do is to get the Holy Spirit flowing in the right category. What is he saying? You need to get David out of Bethlehem. He needs to come into battle. 
You need to get the word, that faith in your soul, and let it come in your spirit. Let the Holy Spirit flow from your soul and overcome everything the devil tells you in your human mind. Then you can operate the power of God that's in this room. Why do you think he said the right mental attitude? What is it? It's in the mind. When you get your mind right, when your approach is right, when you're conscious and your reasoning and your affection and your imagination is right, that's the right attitude. You cannot have the right attitude when you have questions in your mind, when you're fearing because of your emotions and your imaginations and your memories. No, it's not going to work. The devil will tell you, maybe it's not God's plan for you to be healed. Really? Could be. Could be that you would need to wait for a body change. That's true. Right? But it also could be that it's God's plan to heal you and give you a testimony that will shake souls to the kingdom of God. So instead of taking the negative, take the positive. Why let the devil make you think a certain thing? Say, no, Satan, the reason why I'm this way is that God is going to use my testimony to bring many souls to the kingdom of God. The reason why it's taking 20 years for my son to come back to the Lord is because it's going to be an even greater miracle that will bless so many families. You turn things around and have the right mental thoughts towards the promises of God. Can you bring back the slide? I, I have no idea where I am in my notes. I'm just going how the spirit is leading. Let's bring back the, the slide, please. Right, what I'm saying is this. If you got your senses, see, taste, feel, smell, and hear, they're all right. But don't trust them unless they agree with the word. Now, the devil can use your memory and it brings a thought. If it agrees with the word, that's fine. If it doesn't agree, don't take it. Because memories, all those senses are fine. We have to remember. Jesus, God said to the children, you remember these stones. So we need to have a memory of the things that God has done. We need to remember those things. There's nothing wrong with memory. There's nothing wrong with our senses as long as they agree with the word. He says, they are all right. But if they disagree with the word, don't you listen to them. Now, imaginations, conscious memories, reasons, and affections, they are all right if they agree with the word. But if your affection doesn't agree with the word, get rid of it. He said you'll blow a flu right quick. See, if your, reason, if your reason disagrees with the word, get away from it. That's right. If your memory, if your imagination, if your conscience, anything disagrees with the word, with what's on the inside, get rid of it. He says, what do you get then? You've got a solar system. My, I love that. He says, God set the stars in order and said, hang there till I call you. Stay there. Nothing's going to move them. When God can get a man in his hands till he can get all his senses, all his conscience and everything cleaned out, he has a solar system. Then you have the faith that is the center of the solar system. And you can let all your imagination and conscience orbit around that faith. That's fine. Because now they're staying in their place. Now you've got the right mental attitude. As a solar system, you're in control of your universe. Where you can put all your senses in the right places and they all line up with the word. What do you got then to say? You've got a solar system. Thank God for your prophet. 
Now I'm going to turn the corner and drive you to, to a close here. Brian says the great hour of charge is at hand. The great hour of charge is at hand. Hallelujah. Soldier with armors gleaming, colors streaming. Faith and doubt is setting yourself in array in this tabernacle this evening. Doubt on one side, faith on the other side. What is he describing? David and Goliath. Faith and doubt on one side. The battle is saying it's set in array right here. Right now in this service. Some of you are saying, I believe this. I believe this. I believe this. Some of you are saying, doubt. Question. Question. And now in this very service, even right now, there is a battle raging between faith and doubt. Soldiers of faith, the battle is on. The hour of church is now. We're going to church with faith. And we're going to drive the unbelief out of this building until every single person sitting on every pew believes. There'll be no room for unbelief, no room for doubt, no room for fear in this service tonight. It's going to be a service of faith where the power of God is in this room and every single person will believe. The hour of charge. You know what it is? The battle is now. You got to charge. Charge. Onward Christian soldiers. Marching as to war, charge for your children. It's time to charge for your loved ones. It's time to charge for your only healing. The hour of charge is now. The greatest battle ever fought is going on right now. Yes, sir. Between life and death, where in your spirit? Between sickness and health, where in your spirit? Between faith and doubt, where in your spirit? Between liberty and bondage, oh my. The reason why some people are not free is in their spirit. The reason why some people are still in bondage is because in their mind they believe the lie. The battle is happening in your spirit. Right there, you're going to have your children. God will give you your family. Believe that. But don't let the devil bring that in your mind. The greatest battle ever fought. Satan's army brings diseases and God's army is commissioned to cast them out. God casts him out. God's method is to cast out the devil. Cast down reasoning. Cast down superstition. Cast down worries. Cast down diseases. Cast down imagination. Cast down sin. Cast down reasoning. Cast down affection. Cast all those things down. Clear the channels, he says. There's nothing that can come up in the memory and say, well, I remember Miss Jones. She tried to trust God. And Miss Doe tried to trust God for healing one time and he failed. There's your battle. But if that channel has been cleared out and has been purged and has been filled on the inside with the Holy Spirit, that don't even come in memory. You don't let the devil bring anything to your memory. Say, shut up. I have no time to hear your nonsense. Stop him dead in his track. It's not how long you can make the world linger. <laughs> Stop it right now. It's not how long, man, I'm a fighter. I've been fighting this devil for days. Uh-uh. It's not about how long you can keep fighting him. Put that battle to an end right now. Don't entertain those thoughts for days and days and weeks. Oh, I've been battling. I've been battling these thoughts. It's not how long you've been battling it. How quick can you put that to an end? Thoughts. Thoughts are things. The hospitals are a very dangerous ground. Very dangerous ground. Because Brian Bonham talks about how lingering, how spirits linger in places. Bowling alleys, theaters, hospitals. You know, let's say a person dies in the hospital of TB. 
Now that spirit needs a body. Where do you think they linger? Hospitals. Now, when the doctor comes and tells you, you got cancer, and that thought drops in your mind, and you accept it, there is a spirit who was looking for a body who will not find one. And he finds a host. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be delusional and pretend that you're not hearing what the doctor said. No, what I'm talking about is not to accept that label of cancer. Brother Murphy spoke a masterpiece on the life matching the name. With a name comes a life. With that name, cancer, comes a life of a demon spirit. When you accept that label, the name, you accept the life of the name. Now, what you should do, don't label it. Don't acknowledge it. Think about it. If somebody, let's say some, some king in, in some part of the world who was, you know, honored everywhere he went, everybody worshipped him, and he comes in Bible way and sits here and he's just like a regular person. Do you know how offensive that is to him? Because all the respect that he's expecting to get from where he used to have it, here it doesn't work. Nobody cares. It's like, well, don't you know that I'm the king of so-so? Yeah, I don't know you. I don't care. Sit down. Now, that is what happens when the devil, like cancer, has a reputation that people fear. And when it comes to your doorstep, you don't even acknowledge him. He's like, what do you mean? I am cancer. Don't you know? He's like, I don't know who you are. I'm not going to take that label. And he is waiting. And then somebody says, oh, what, what are you suffering from? And he's waiting, all proud. He's like, oh, he's going to announce my name. The great demon of cancer. And he's waiting for it. He's waiting for it. Oh, I have cancer. He's like, yep. I own this body. This is fresh. But if you say, oh, it's just a little mass in my head. A little nothing. What? What do you mean a little nothing? Don't you know who I am? I'm this big demon. Oh, now he's offended. His pride is hurt because you failed to acknowledge his name. That's what happened to Haman. Everybody bowed the knee. Haman bowed the knee, but there was one man, Mordecai, that would not bow down the knee. And that one man tormented him. He couldn't sleep, even though everybody else acknowledged him. But that one Mordecai, it killed him. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't eat until he devised a plan that ended up destroying him. You want cancer to destroy himself? Don't acknowledge him. You want that sickness to destroy itself? Don't pay any attention to it. Don't put a label on it. That's going to feed that prideful spirit. I'm depressed. You don't have depression. Depression is nothing. I'm a slave. No, you're not a slave. You are not going to acknowledge that demon. My children are so lost of backslid and not they're not. They're just waiting to catch that same revelation as you. They're safe. Don't acknowledge that demon. He wants to hear his name. The pride of his name. He wants to show you his might. That's why there's power in the name of Jesus. Because when you say his name, you're invoking his life. When you say in the name of Jesus, beyond that name, there's a life that follows. You're putting a label. That's why Jesus, Brother Ram says, you are Mrs. Jesus Christ. What is he doing? Putting a label, putting a name on you, showing that that life dwells in you. You are Zion. You are the dwelling place of the name of God.
You say, is that right, Brother Random? Why does it work on some and not on others? Here's the answer. Because of the channel. Simple. Now, I'm sorry, I have to close. I didn't get to my subject, but here it is. The desire of my heart today was to talk about the impulse, and this was context. Now we battle in our mind every day. God gives us faith in our soul, we battle in our mind. I've shown you the scriptures in the word. You battle in the valley, not on the mountain. David and Goliath, every day the battle happens. Every day it rages in your mind. But, but, God in his grace, every now and then, he sends something that's called an impulse. A pulsation. When that pulsation happens, you don't have time to reason. The battle doesn't take place in your mind anymore. The revelation goes straight from your soul and puts your body into motion. God in his grace, and I'll read the quote, Paul says, it's in time of crisis, God will give an impulse. So every day you battle, 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 but every now and then, maybe in this very service, God will send down a pulse. If you act on that pulsation of faith, you immediately overcome. Immediately. Because when that pulsation happens, it's not in the mind. It's in the soul. There's no time to reason. It puts your body into motion. What's a pulsation? It's a sudden, sudden, spontaneous inclination. To usually make you do something that you did not premeditate. You didn't come in the service without premeditating. When Brother John says this, I'm going to do this. Uh-uh. But if somebody, something makes you act in a way that you didn't plan to act, that's a pulsation. Perhaps you came to church today not thinking you're going to stand in the service. But all of a sudden, while the Lord was preaching, something struck your soul and made you stand to your feet. It's a pulsation. Something that you didn't plan. Something that's unpremeditated. That comes from a sudden, sudden force. They were all gathered in the upper room. All, all praying to his name. They were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Then power for service came. What is power for service? A pulsation. It's a wave. It's a wave of excitement. Brian Ramon talks about it. Can't you feel those waves? Waves of faith. What is those waves? When the Spirit of God begins to move in the service, it's the Holy Spirit pulsating. He says, I know you battle every day. Every day you battle in your mind. But in this service, in my grace, I'll give you a pulsation. If you act upon that pulsation, it's victory immediately. Work on that pulsation. Do you feel that pulsation? Do you feel that pulsation saying, this is for me? This is for me? Today's my day. Today's my day. That pulsation. What is it? It's God and His grace. Bringing a pulsation. Hallelujah. He says, it's the act of driving onward with a sudden force. Oh my, you were sitting in your pew. And all of a sudden, came a charge in your soul and got you off your seat. What was that? A pulsation. Now, these great pulsations of faith come right in the time of crisis. I can say we're living in a time of crisis. Time is running out. This is an emergency. This is a time of crisis. Brother Milko needs to stand up and walk and speak. 
This is a crisis. EPA needs to get out of our hospital and see again. This is a crisis. Brother Henry needs to get out completely healed. This is a crisis. Your children need to be restored. This is a crisis. In time of crisis, God sends the pulsation. Hallelujah. Oh, I just felt that position drop into this room right now. It's a sudden impulse. It's a momentum. We have the momentum right now. Like Joshua, they had a momentum and they're drowning at the enemy and the sun started going down. All of a sudden, they came a pulsation. There's momentum right now. We can drive at any demon spirit right now. We have a momentum. It's because of a pulsation. It's a force communicated as to produce emotion. That force makes you do something. Moses in front of the Red Sea. All of a sudden comes a pause. This Egyptian that you see, you'll see them no more. Brother Bonham said he did not even know what he spoke. Why? It was a pulsation. Hallelujah. Joshua, son, stand still. What is it? A pulsation. Samson with a jaw of an ass. A thousand Philistines. What is it? A pulsation. David didn't go to the battle thinking, I'm going to go there and defeat Goliath. No, he was going on the errand. But when he was there, when he was there, he caught a pulse. He caught a pulse when he was there. That's what Brother Bottom says, work on that pulsation. If you're getting that pulse from the errand, work on that pulsation. In other words, give vent to it. Let it loose. Don't try to restrain it. Something in you says, this is for me. Don't try to restrain it. Let it loose. He wants to make you stand to your feet. Let it loose. He wants to make you shout hallelujah. Let it loose. Give vent to your possession. Give vent to it. Give vent to your possession. The possession. Something that's moving like a heartbeat. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Pumping energy in your spirit. In that spirit run, you need energy. God in his grace sends a pulse. I'm the Lord that heals you. Boom, boom. I'm the Lord that's going to restore your family. Boom, boom. Possession. Now he says, we found that in those hours of real stress, that's when the spirit of God moves. He says, he let the Hebrew children walk right in the fiery furnace before he ever moved the head. But when he moves, he moves. Oh, I love that. When he moves, he moves. God might have waited 20 years to save your children, but when he begins to move, he moves. He might have waited till this service to heal your body, but when he moves, he moves. It might take a while, but when God moves, he moves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Work on that pulsation. Work on that pulsation. Is this okay? Sister Joanne, one day, outside of Starbucks, praying for his son. She got a pulsation. I'm like the Shunammite. You gave me this son. Give back my son. Out of nowhere, the presence of the Lord drops. Why? She got a pulse. Sister Grace Mukanya, Mother's Day, I give you your children. She got a pulse. Brother Tom at the camp service, Brother Bisco says, I give you your children. He got a pulse. Are you catching the pulse? Are you catching the pulse tonight? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Believe. Come on, soldiers. The hour of charge is now. 
Brother Burnham says, let me ask you now, each one of you that stood, you know that something has happened while you're standing, don't you? Raise your hand if you do. He says, just raise your hand. You know something happened. God bless you. God bless you. That's right. He says, I've been preaching for the last five or ten minutes. Under that inspiration, I feel it. It's moving through this building. The energy of the Lord. What is moving a pulsation? It's moving. Somebody's going to catch it, and somebody's going to get delivered. Somebody's going to catch it, and somebody's going to get healed. Somebody's going to catch it, and the hope is going to be restored. Somebody's going to catch it. He says, I don't think I'm even going to call a prayer line. I think I'll stand right here and just ask God to confirm if I've told you the truth. No prayer line. No, no altar call. I'm just going to stand here and ask God, Lord, confirm if this is the truth. Possession. If it's of God, you can have possession of faith. Believe. There's no more doubt in this building. It's faith everywhere. Waves and waves and waves of faith everywhere. Believe. God restores the blind. God gives sight to the spiritual blind. God still saves. God still breaks chains. God restores marriages. God's mental broken pieces. God is a deliverer. He's the captain of our salvation. Catch that pulsation. God still gives children. Oh, that just came fresh in the room. Someone is going to cut a pulse and receive a child. Catch that pulsation. Musicians, why don't you come? Catch that pulsation of faith to bypass that battle in your mind. God in His grace, in His grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm trying to find a quote. Brother Barnum says, God in his grace and his mercy, when he sees a need, he sends that pulse. Oh, how gracious he is. Because God saw your need, he sent a pulse in the service. He's like, I know Darren has been battling this in his mind. I'm going to send a pulse because I see a need. God knew your need. So he sent a pulsation tonight to help you in that battle in your mind. But you got to work on that pulsation. Work on it. Work on that pulsation of faith. Brother says it's a spare of a moment. In other words, it might not happen again. When Joshua stopped the sun, he never did it again. He caught a pulse in that window of opportunity. If there's a window that God opens up in his grace, all of a sudden, he sends the power in the service. It's a pulse. Catch it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you believe tonight? Do you believe tonight? Do you believe? Repeat after me. I can. I will. I do believe. I can. I will. I do believe. I can. I will. I do believe. Then praise him tonight. Hallelujah. You've caught that possession of faith. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Right now in the service, the Holy Spirit is moving. That purifier is hanging over all of you, moving back and forth to energize your soul and give you a pulse to help you in this battle. Thank God for those pulsations. We don't get them every time, but when it comes, oh, we thank God for those pulsations. Don't miss it. When that pulsation comes, don't miss it.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know what to sing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The battle is the Lord. There is a source. Yes, that's the one. There is a place where God drops the pulsation. In times of trouble, in times of crisis, in times of crisis, or times of great needs, like right now, when time is running out, rumors of wars everywhere, with desperate needs in the church, in times of crisis, God sends a pulsation. Like in your family right now, you need a miracle from God. You need a move of God as a crisis. In those times, He sends a pulse. Ray, in this time of crisis, here is a pulsation. God sends a pulse when you need it. Right, Anthony. God sends a pulse just when you need it. Hallelujah. In times of crisis, God sends a pulse. Work on that pulsation. Work on that impulse of faith. That holy energy of God that He sends in His grace because He sees a need. Take courage. Battle is the Lord. Anthony, why don't you come help me sing?
courage. Take courage. The battle is the Lord's. He's greater than Goliath. He's greater than anything the devil would throw at you. This is the quote I was looking for. He says, when you have a need, perhaps like Joshua, he had a need. He never thought of the circumstances. He just spoke it. And it was God. Do you believe the sun stood still? So do I. How did he do it? Don't try to figure it out, but he did it. Joshua did it. He's, he raised his hands. In that crucial moment, he had access to God because it was timely. The spirit of the living God saw that need and pushed on Joshua to speak. Because there was a need. In that time, crucial time, God sees your need in your crucial time. Therefore, he sends a pulse. He pushes you to do something, to say something, something that you didn't think about, something that you didn't premeditate. He gives you that pulse in times of trouble. There is a source. Oh my, take courage, saints. Be encouraged. Be of good cheer and courage. God is with us. We are the people of the covenant. You're not alone in this battle. We are following our captain, the Lord Jesus Christ, leading the charge. Soldiers, you're going to battle. If you're going to have your children, you're going to have to fight for it. If you're going to get your healing, you're going to have to fight for it. If you want God to restore peace and harmony in your home, you're going to fight for it. It won't come by complaining. It won't come by crying about it. You're going to fight for it. Take the word of God. That faith that you have, fight for it. Arise. Can we sing that song again? Arise. And I want this to be a declaration. Arise. Arise. It's time to arise. Stop sleeping. Arise. What is Goliath? Today, you're going to cut his head with his own sword. God will take your faith and bless it with a hidden power. Today, Goliath will fall at your feet. It's time to possess your inheritance. Your family is yours. Your children are yours. Your healing is yours. Your deliverance, freedom. Don't live under bondage anymore. It's all in your mind. What sets you free is to understand that you are already free.
But the pillow fires in this room. The angel of God is right here in this service. You can go home free. It's over. It's over. You pray for this service. I can just put myself aside as a vessel and say, Lord, speak. But this is what you prayed for. You needed this. You desired it. God saw your need and he sent forth a pulse. Receive it. Rejoice in it. Work on it. Go home and work on it. Live in it. Don't be negative anymore. Don't have a negative testimony anymore. Don't think negative thoughts anymore. You are free. You are free. You are sealed. You are healed. You are restored. It's happening right here. Hallelujah. Victor. We can go all night. But we got to close. father i felt a little witness back there and i wanted to say if you've been delivered if god's done something for you i want you to take a step forward to the altar and we're going to pray together a prayer of faith brother brother ron spencer preached a service a while ago and he said mark this place and that's what we're going to do this evening we're going to mark this place the anointing of the word has come and we're and we're coming here to take a step of faith and we're going to pray together as a body hallelujah Amen. Amen. We can wait. Amen. We can wait. If anybody's reasoning, cast down the reason. Come forward. We're going to pray together in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Oh, Father God, we come before you in worship and praise. 
You are the mighty God, Father, that fights our battles, oh God. You break the chains of the enemy, Father. Lord, your word is all powerful. Your word never fails, oh God. And so, Lord, we've come tonight, Lord, taking the step of faith to the altar, oh God. Lord, we mark this place in faith tonight, oh God, knowing that you are the God that answers by fire. Lord, you answer by your word. And so, Father, we come tonight, Lord, to say, boo, devil. We say, Satan, you've been defeated once again by the power of the word. You are powerless in the name of Jesus Christ. The word of God once again has defeated you. The light is proven to cast out the darkness. The light has proven to put out the darkness, Father. And so, Lord, we come tonight in faith as the people of the living God. Lord, accepting your word with the right mental attitude towards every divine promise of God. Lord, we know your word is true and you back up your word with signs following. And so tonight, Father, we've come, Lord, accepting your word, confessing your word, knowing your word can never fail. And so, Lord, Father, we see your power. We see your anointing. And so, Father, we stand tonight as a body of Jesus Christ and say, Satan, thus far and no further, you've been defeated by the power of the word of God. And we stand tonight free and delivered by the word of God, whom the Son has set free. is free indeed. Depression has been bound once again tonight. Cancers have been bound once again tonight, Father. Lord, worry has been cast out by your word tonight once again. And your people are free by the power of the word of God. Father, Lord, we stand tonight in faith with the people of the living God. Lord, this prayer meeting tonight, Father, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, which is present here tonight, showing forth your power once again. Father, we are believers. Lord, the life of Jesus Christ is flowing through your people tonight. The life of the name is flowing through the people tonight. The life that was in the blood is flowing through your people. Hallelujah, Father, the token is on display tonight. And so, Lord, we stand in faith tonight to claim every lost loved one in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, every son and daughter that's gone astray, we claim them. We call their name tonight by faith. Lord, you said send the token. We send the Holy Ghost in this place tonight after every lost son and daughter of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Every sick child of God, we send the Holy Ghost tonight. Lord, to bind those cancers, to cast out demon powers tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, Lord, we are your people on display. Lord, we are the interpretation of the name of God. Father, Lord, we are the word interpreted. We are the manifestation of your name. And this is where your power is. It's in your people, Father. Showing forth that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your power is not diminished. Your power is still powerful. And so, Lord, we stand tonight with your people, Father. We give you praise and glory, Father, for the mighty things you've done, O oh God. We lift up the name of Jesus Christ. 
that name that is above every name that name oh god that demons tremble at that name father when the weakest christian steps forward in faith oh the demons tremble when the weakest christian puts the confession of the word upon their lips the demons tremble when a child of god speaks in faith and claims their loved one demons tremble and father we can see tonight that demons are trembling that satan is on the run but father we've been commissioned by your word to pursue the enemy tonight and so father lord the service is not over we're pursuing the enemy tonight father oh god any lingering spirits here tonight lord we come against every demon power in the name of jesus christ Lord, Father, God, is any sickness, any hidden disease, we bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, any lingering depression here tonight, we bind it in Jesus' name. Father, any lust demon, any spirit of pornography, we bind the powers of Satan tonight. Lord, we know we're in a battle. There's two powers. But Lord, we've been commissioned by the word of God to cast out the enemy, Father. And so we bind the powers of Satan tonight by the authority of God's word, by the authority, by the commission, which you've called us to do, Father, in this hour, Lord. Hallelujah, Father, we give you praise. We give you glory, Father. You are worthy of all the praise and all the glory, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you are still the mighty God. You are still the God who's on his throne. Father, you are still the one who does wonders amongst us, Father. Miracles on every hand. Power on every hand, Father. Testimonies on every hand. Oh, Father God, whom shall we fear? Whom shall I be afraid? Oh, Father God, the Lord is my light and the light of my salvation. Hallelujah, Father God. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the presence of the Shekinah glory. I will dwell in your presence, Father. I'll dwell where the power is. I'll dwell where the anointed is. I'll dwell, Father, where the pulsation of the Holy Ghost is. Oh, I'll dwell right there, Father. Presence of your Holy Spirit. Oh, Father God, we give you praise and we give you glory, Father. You are worthy, oh God. You are worthy, Father. You are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy. You are worthy. Anthony, can we sing thou, thou worthy? Saints, this isn't my position here, but I feel in my heart to sing thou art worthy. Oh, I don't believe this service is over tonight. I believe God's doing something. Let's be sensitive. Let's keep pressing in. The kingdom of God suffer violence, but the people of God press into it. Let's worship. Let's sing that.
your mind, Revelation chapter 5, 13. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, such are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing, honor, glory, power be unto him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Worthy is the Lamb. Blessings and glory and honor and power belong to the Lamb who is able to take the book, open the seals, loose you, save you, heal you, redeem you, restore your family. Blessings and honors and glories and powers and hallelujahs. Worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm sorry for keeping you this late, saints. But I, I love you. God knows that I love you. And I'll do my best as this man behind me to be able to help you. But God loves you more than I do. And he loves you. His word is the proof of his love to you. Amen. You're dismissed. God bless you. Forgive me. Till we meet again. Shake one another's hands. You're all dismissed. Hallelujah.